Hello. Yo, 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 giddy, yo. Welcome back to Morning Tea. We're so excited for you to be here for our fourth episode. Wow. Four whole episodes. We hope that you have already checked out our intro episode and episodes one through three, wherever you get yes, your podcasts. Yes. And please, please subscribe and follow us on Instagram. We love to hear from you guys and interact and make sure that everything that you are saying and feel gets on these episodes. So that's exciting. Yeah, it's been so cool. Everybody's been interacting. Um, we got such like lovely, positive feedback about the first few episodes. So thank you guys for listening to them, first of all, um, and for taking the time to give us some feedback. We want the show to keep getting cooler and better. So thank you for all of that, uh, all the thoughtful words. This episode is going to be all about social media, the good, the bad, the ugly. But first, <laughs> as always, we're going to start with some hot topics. And Marlena, do we start with Beyonce? I mean, we always start with Beyonce, right? Yeah. So Beyonce released her latest album, Renaissance, which I love. I think it's so fun and such a good vibe. But there was a little bit of backlash about um, one of the songs. Um, Marlena, take it away. Yeah. So she, um, like you said, had released Renaissance. And in, I guess, the song called Heated, she uses the words spaz and spazin, which I guess was pointed out to her that it is based on spastic dysplasia, which is a form of um, cerebral palsy, causes motor impairments in the legs or arms. When this was pointed out to her, I guess the spokesperson replied and said, um, you know, it was not intended to be offensive and it will be changed. And then it was changed. I think it's interesting because this was also used by Lizzo in her song Girls. Same thing, pointed out, changed. So it's a beautiful, I guess, testimony for accountability and taking accountability mm -hmm. and just, just saying okay, right? Community says this is not acceptable. This is offensive. This is harmful. We just simply say okay. That's yeah. the only response we need. And for me – and this may be like the first hot take that I'm scared about saying, but I'm going to say it. I, I, th I think that this was handled in the most perfect way that it can be handled. And the reason why we're talking about it is for the people that say that it still isn't good enough. But as you just said, like Beyonce released something that wasn't okay. And Lizzo released something that wasn't okay. Immediately active uh, advocates and activists and disability communities sp spoke out and it was changed immediately. There was no why there was no excuses. There was nothing. Um, so I don't know what more could have been asked for in this moment personally. Um, and I hope that this is a, I hope that this is educated. So this particular word is never used again because now it's in everyone's zeitgeist that like, that it is not okay. Right. But I hope that when other artists, celebrities, public figures make these blunders in other spaces, which they will, because we're human, that it's kind of the roadmap that you just say, okay, thank you for telling me, fix it and, and move on, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, I feel like at this point, I, I definitely understand the, the part of the narrative where people just aren't as educated about this, about disability representation, about uh, accessibility. I feel like there's just not enough of the conversation surrounding that in general. Mm -hmm. So there's a, you know, much larger conversation that can be had about that specifically. But I do appreciate that maybe this is elevating it a little bit. And now, yes, yeah. now, like you're saying, this is part of our consciousness. We need to be very well aware of the language that we're using and not using. Exactly. 
And also that's not, I don't mean to say that we shouldn't constantly be trying to educate ourselves and putting forethought before actions and, and, you know, taking things into account. We absolutely should always be doing that and making ourselves, you know, being smarter and more knowledgeable in general. But as I said before, we're human and these things are going to happen and we're going to make mistakes and we're going to miss something. And um, I think that, yeah, that Beyonce and I believe Lizzo both handled it immediately in in the best way possible. They just fixed it. Right. Yeah, just totally modeled what it means to take accountability and just do the human thing, which yeah. I loved. And ex- well, really expect nothing less from two queens. Exactly. And speaking of someone else that I just feel like has model behavior, one of my favorite people in the whole world, the 44th president of the United States, mm. Barack Obama's mm. birthday. Hey, Happy Barack. birthday, Barack. That is a presence that I just constantly, constantly find myself missing. He, I don't care about your politics. I really don't. He is just a delight. He has an awareness to him. He has a presence. His speaking voice is like, I just want him to read me books at night. It's ridiculous. And if you can't just acknowledge his eloquence and intelligence, then we're just like, just truly from different planets. Yeah, I used to watch his speeches, rewatch, I should say, his speeches, just because I'm like, I miss you, especially during the four years with the former disgrace twice impeached guy. But, you know, if you have not read his book, A Promised Land, which I think this is part one, you should read it because it made me fall in love with him even more. Just like this, you get to know, like, how much thought he put behind his decisions, right? Yeah. How much um, he tried to educate himself and knew in areas where he couldn't. And he just wasn't well versed that he brought in the, the best. Yeah. I'm I'm just a person that I truly don't believe I don't know, maybe this is a hot take that everyone's gonna be like, Marlena, what do you mean? I don't believe that any president is really truly a good president. Like truly any, any at all. Um, because hmm. there's so I well, obviously, right, if we're comparing president to president, we can among the the worst, we can pick out the best, right? But I think that is such a strange job to desire. I think that there is something in a mind that has to be just a wee bit off in order to want that to be how you spend your adulthood. Uh, so I just, I don't know. I really got a question. Pretty much anybody who wants to sit in the highest really? office. Really? Yes. No, truly 100%. I don't know that we've ever talked about this. I don't no, trust this is politicians really at all, but most particularly the president. I think that that's a very interesting space to be in. Well, now I have to, I have to poke some holes. So we need to put on your armor for a second. So you don't think that there is... I get what you're saying, right? All of the bad things that, that that come with the president, right? Like having to lead the military and decide all these missions and just like a lot of the pressure even. But you don't think that there's something about the power of the presidency that really um, draws people in because of the ability to po- possibly, you know, foster change? Like Obamacare, whether people like it or not, there is hundreds of millions more people now in this country with the option to get health care than there was before Obama took office, right? So I feel like that could be the appeal, that they just have this desire to help others. Am I too naive in that? Maybe. No, I, I some might some might call that naive. I call it hopeful. I think that that is correct. There are absolutely things that presidents, some, uh, get <laughs> done in, during their time in office that you say, wow, even if that is the only thing that you do in four years, in eight years, whatever it may be, 
that has made a significant difference in the lives of the people of this country, most particularly the people that are not in the top 1%, right? So yes, I do agree with that. And I think that you do not even get to that place in public service without knowing atrocious, atrocious things. And I don't know what kind of person can digest and tolerate that type of information and just go about their day-to-day life. I think Mm. that, again, that type of person might need to make sure they're in therapy is all I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Extensive, intensive therapy. It's it's an ongoing joke, but I feel like it's the speaks the most to what you just said, and it's the hair color on inauguration day oh the God. first year and when they leave the, the last day yes. right whether it's even even in four years you know the cheeto it didn't seem like it but he dyes his hair so that doesn't really count but everyone else you could see the grace even obama right oh my gosh he was like but night and day bring on so the grace obama silver fox silver fox yeah no one is saying that he looks any worse he's like looks great yeah he's just a yeah. little little gray well Moving on to our next hot topic, um, my favorite TV show on daytime besides General Hospital, The View, just ended its historic 25th season on the air. Marlena's rolling her eyes at me because she's like, oh. Um, but they have just announced that they are adding two new co-hosts starting next season, which is off-brand for them. It's always usually five. Um, the first is Anna Navarro, who is a Republican, but these days I would probably consider her more independent but she still claims she's a republican and Alyssa farrah griffin who is getting a lot of blowback because she used to work for both pence and trump um resigned on january 6th and has been you know devouring him ever since uh, but people don't like it i think that she will probably add an interesting perspective to the panel and I wait with bated breath to hear your report of how she presents on that show. So, Marlena, should we jump into our meat and potatoes of social media for today's episode? Let's do it. I'm hungry for it. <laughs> 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 I feel... Oh God, I've been waiting to use that joke, I think. I think it's been locked and loaded. <laughs> I feel like we should start with the good, right? Of course. So... I feel like social media is really great because obviously it provides connection, right? Mm -hmm. Connection to friends that you're really close with, connection with people that, you know, you may have met at a job once or college or, you know, wherever. People, as we get older, lives kind of go their own way. And it's been a great mechanism to keep in touch with those people and see, like, what's going on, you know? Absolutely. It's it's literally the heart of connection, or I guess I should say the the heart of social media is connection, right? Or it is supposed to be. And I think that that is what's beautiful about it. And especially like they play on my heartstrings with these commercials where, Mm. you know, we're we're talking about the iPhone and we're talking about some sort of video conferencing app. And I'm like, oh my God, this person and their grandma who lives across the country from them. And it gets me every time. But that is what's cool about it is that you can literally see people's faces from across the world. Like that's amazing. Yeah. And like for me, I studied abroad in London, which everyone Mm -hmm. in my life knows by now because it's all I used to talk about. But um. (laughs) It I think there been, actually is a whole social media account dedicated <laughs> to just Nick and London. So. There was. But the, just a sidebar, I did that in an effort to not be annoying on my main feed so that people <laughs> that wanted to follow me. But I don't think – I actually forgot about it until you've unlocked that memory in this moment. I'll never forget. But 
I digress to say that like there was a lot of people that I met there, right? People from California, from DC, from middle of the country that we all became really close. And granted, we're not as close as we were in London, but we use social media to keep in touch, right? We check in every now and then, we message every now and then. We always are like, oh my God, let's hang out. Which I feel like is, you know, <laughs> the cycle that just goes and goes and goes. But it's true. It's been a great way to just kind of, you know, keep in touch. Yeah. But, but I feel like... Do you remember MySpace? Do I remember MySpace? Do you remember MySpace? <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> I was far too young to be on it at the time in retrospect, but I was on it. And that, I feel like this teeters good and bad, but like that was such a fun space, right? We got to yes. code and design our own pages. We got to add music, which I know you're such a fan of. That was Actually, MySpace, I think, was probably my social media heyday. Just I was in, God, like, what, sixth, seventh grade. But like you're saying, the layouts, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. I would redesign my page every week. And the music that I had on there is music that I still listen to to this day. I wish that Instagram had a feature where you could, you know, just put on the song that you're repeatedly listening to right now. Yeah. That's so and like cool. And, like, in this day and age, like, I feel like we should be able to do that because, like, people can, if they really wanted to, they can, like, go to my Spotify, like, profile and see the songs that I'm, like, Literally. you know what I mean? It's just yeah. a simple code at this point. They just need to integrate it. <laughs> um, and it'll be great. And it was also Tumblr and AIM. I feel like those are my first three um, social media. AIM was funny because <laughs> my username was Big Ticket 95 Don't know where the 95 came from. <laughs> But the big <laughs> ticket was because I was the production company that produced Judge Judy. And I used to watch it all the time. Oh, times. my God. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had a lot of different screen names. But my my last one, when AIM met its demise, uh, was Marlene Uh, because nobody mm. – and still to this day, I mean, it would be helpful if that was displayed somewhere because nobody gets how to pronounce my name. So. Sometimes I email that one by accident. I always have to ask you. I'm like, what email <laughs> do you use? AOL.com. Oh, my God. AOL. I then migrated to NJBoy265, um, which <laughs> mm. as I grew up, I was like, I should probably maybe not use this. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's a telltale sign right there in the name. Um, but it's it's also been great for small businesses, right? This podcast took off um, because of social media. You have another little company on the side called Lesbake, which bakes delicious, delicious cupcakes and treats. So if you're ever... <laughs> Um, looking for that homemade moment, go to Lesbic on Instagram. But Thank you it for that shameless plug. Right? <laughs> it has been a great place to um, monetize, right? Your life, your hobbies, your expertise. Um, and that has been really, really great for some people. And I feel like it could also be... <laughs> the Achilles yeah, heel for others. You definitely know, one of the cons as well. But but no, I agree. I mean, I think that, that that is something that's really special. And another, again, form of connection is, hey, look at this thing that I started to craft just for fun. And now I really found a passion in it and, and kind of being able to elevate that conversation, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and kind of get it out to different people. So that way that person can start generating some, some movement for their stuff. I think it's awesome that we're able to in just like the simplest way, support your friend, even by like sharing their own post, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it reminds me a lot of um, name, image, and likeness, NIL, which I feel like is talked a lot about in pro college and pro athlete spaces, but it really um, 
I feel like applies to anyone. It's just you're making money off of your name, your image, and your likeness. And for athletes, it's a great way for them to kind of build their brand before they get to the pros. And also it could be a way that they get the pros to notice them, which you know, I'm not a, a sports person, but um yeah, I was just going to say, I, I feel like I don't understand it in this context. From, from the from the articles that I've read, because again, social media, I feel like there's everything we talk about social media, there's like good, but then we could also talk about the bad, which we'll get to at the end of the episode. But, you know, they talk a lot about, is this motivating people in the wrong way? It's great mm. to be able, you know, to have a following and to have a fan base. And you want that as a singer or an athlete or an influencer or whatever it may be. But are we compromising what really matters now? to really promote our NIL, right? Um, which I thought is interesting as well. But yeah, I don't know that I totally understand the concept of NIL in general, but it does, I feel like it just sparks yeah. um, the picture of like a TikTok influencer, right? Like I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to use, I watch All American on Netflix. It used to be on the CW, but now it's on Netflix. <laughs> just a short little uh, explanation. So think of a, a high school football player, right? Okay. Best high school. Let's use Southern Ranger. We went to Southern Ranger. We'll use <laughs> we'll use Mike Azicki for example. Okay, he's yes. on the Miami Dolphins. Great. He sure is. Mike Mike Azicki started at Southern Regional, graduated. Amazing. When I think he played for Penn went State, to Penn right? State. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like was, I follow his career. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like everyone at Southern Regional posts about it a lot, yes. which is how we how we see it all yes. the time. Uh, but at Penn State, and I'm sure Mike did this. I'm not sure. I don't follow him, but he would have been able to create social media for him. Create merch branding websites all of these things and then he would start being able to get sponsorships maybe from gatorade or from nike or whatever mm. and it's that ability to just use you and your talents to make mm. money for yourself and notoriety is essentially what nil is um that sounds nice and that's why a lot of contracts these days there's a clause about name image and likeness like there has to it has especially mm. for artists and you know in the theater and music space there's a lot of talk about like okay I need approval on all this because this is going to directly impact my NIL, if that makes sense. Okay. So I need to maintain my image very meticulously then. Yes. Yes. Okay, Social so media. See, this is why NIL wouldn't work for me personally. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of work. <laughs> there's yeah. there's just simply no way to um, censor the way that I approach my life. <laughs> right? Like, it's just like, whatever posts I post. Like, sometimes I'm super active and other times I'll be gone for like four months. And, you know, that's Literally. just what it is. Literally. But you spoke about this uh, briefly before, Marlena. It's been a great way to get information and news out. Yes. Um, you know, and again, that could also go on the flip side. But things, I mean, I would take the last eight years of our lives and, you know, the political sphere. A lot of things have been uh, brought to our attention via social media and via these platforms. And, of course, there's misinformation and it's, you know, things spread just as fast. It doesn't really matter if it's fake news or right news. Um, right. But I think in some instances, you know, when it comes to natural disasters or elections or, you know, unfortunately, domestic terrorism attacks or terrorism attacks, like we get all of this information and these updating facts, you know, right. in real time where I guess, you know, before social media, they maybe did it. So. Right. And because it goes yeah, so you go first, even for people that are in parts of our own country that are more rural or obviously, you know, other parts of the world that don't have the access that we do. That's crazy, the delay in getting information, right? Be yeah. Because you're referencing, you know, however many years ago before the internet existed. Um, it's crazy that, that we have access where we're getting information literally, like you're saying, within minutes. Mm -hmm. Obviously, yeah. the flip side of that is that it's scary and we're bombarded with information all the time. 
but that is is uh, you know a wonderful resource that we have that literally it's at our fingertips any information yeah. that we could possibly want is at our fingertips and not only that a, a, a contrary point right an opposing view is also at our fingertips so that way if we're responsible we can educate ourselves pretty well pretty quickly yeah i remember amazing. <laughs> I th- I'm going to say this and you're going to laugh as if I lived during this time. I did not live during either of these times. But I think back to like the Revolutionary War or even the Civil War. And it took years, <laughs> legitimately years yeah. for one part of the country to know that the war was ended or that slavery had been abolished. Right. Like right. all of these things took forever. And now in these days, it's even better than TV back in like the 70s, 80s or 90s because it's in our hands. Like we find out instantaneously, which affects our mental health, which we'll talk about, you know, in that section. But, you know, it is if it's used in the correct way, which I feel like is the the tagline for social media in general, if used in the correct way, it could be a really good, powerful tool. Right. Um, But it's also very dangerous if the wrong person (laughs) utilizes it. Um, But I know you love crowdsourcing. And you love the idea of like GoFundMe and all of that stuff because that's such a, a um, I feel like it's a really hu- like human and just kind way to use social media. Humane, Absolutely. I guess is the word. Yeah. yeah. It's, it is, it's like my favorite part of social media actually when people are able to get, again, get the word out, spread a message that somebody is in need, right? And that, when something horrible happens, like, you know, Roe vs. Wade getting overturned a few weeks ago, and immediately, immediately there are, you know, GoFundMes for Planned Parenthoods, GoFundMes for, you know, supporting kind of individual abortion rights, getting people access in the middle of the country. Um, and then you click on them, right? I, I always click on them to go, to donate, to do whatever, to share. And let's say, oh, we're looking to raise $10,000. And there are they've already raised $50,000. Makes mm-hmm. me cry every single time. Yeah. It's amazing. And yeah. that that help and that assistance would not be as widespread if it weren't for the internet. <laughs> One of the, or I should say two of the most recent crowdsourcing efforts that really got me was it was after, unfortunately, another mass shooting in this country. And it was some sort of a parade. And a two-year-old went there with two parents and left an orphan, essentially. And there was $2 million, I think, within 24 hours in a GoFundMe for this uh, family's account. And then also going back to Roe v. Wade, I someone, there was a woman, I don't remember the full story, but either she was attacked by politicians or on Twitter or something in regards to abortion. Um, and she used that to raise, I think, as well, $2 million and donated it to like an abortion rights um, activism group. So it's really, it's really exciting and it can be really exciting. It is. I also think that, again, another if it's used well type of thing, it also generates conversations that are taboo, right? So mm-hmm. let's say it is an influencer or, you know, just anybody that's kind of being authentic on the internet about the messiness of what it means to be a human, or, you know, like the moms that are hyper honest about, you know, just the difficulties of breastfeeding, of, of everything. That mm-hmm. is destigmatizing and humanizing real issues for people yeah. that are historically so ashamed that they're just silent and feel entirely alone right i think that it removes some of that isolation when people are really raw and they share what's going on i think that there have been so many people plus size fashion bloggers things like that that have really spoken to problems that i felt like i was experiencing in isolation 
Yeah. And it kind of goes to what I was thinking as well, that it, it reminds me that we are all more alike than we are different. And I don't even mean just like in this country, because on Twitter, I feel like this is the space where I feel it the most and, and more so TikTok these days as well. It's just like, whether it's humor or it's real issues, I'm like, wow, someone in London or someone in Australia or someone in, you know, a country that I don't really know much about is experiencing the same everyday issues or the same, you know, self-image issues or Mm. the same workplace, whatever it might be. And I'm like, okay, like, I feel like this is a good starting point. (laughs) We need to kind (laughs) of lean into more of that less than like constantly fighting because there's a thin line between those really taboo and educated conversations and Mm -hmm. then just like I'm always right and let's fight until you agree with me there's no um respectable discourse anymore on social media where I feel like there used to be pre pre pre-cheeto in my opinion (laughs) um Um, I love that you mentioned Twitter because to me Twitter is just the best of the internet um because I laugh constantly Especially, and I know that this is is horrible, but one of my defense mechanisms is that I have to find some kind of humor in most things. Obviously, there is mm-hmm. no humor in some tragedies, and, and I'm not searching for that. But when something ridiculous happens and the internet explodes, the first place I go is to Twitter. Because yeah. just the most intelligent people in the world are coming up with hysterical commentary about whatever state of affairs is unfolding. Not to completely sidebar, but what killed me last night, which obviously we all know that President Trump's house has been raided by the FBI. There's like a subpoena, charges may be coming, X, Y, and Z. But everyone on Twitter is like, check the casket of of Ivana, which is his ex-wife that just died. <laughs> like people are literally saying like he probably buried like confidential or incriminating files with his <laughs> fucking ex-wife, which is like not funny because I hope that this woman's resting in peace. But it's yes. funny because it's like it's not out of the realm of what that man would do. So it's just absolutely hysterical. Yeah. All right. Before we move on to the bad, I just feel like we need to take a little walk down memory lane through all of the different social media that we may have used. Because I feel like now it has evolved to mostly like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. But like, what about Tumblr? What about MySpace? What yeah. about um, Time Hop, which is like oh <laughs> the thing that we had to delete because we just I... can't stand oh. it anymore at this point. Like, I don't <laughs> want to be reminded. I lived it. I don't need to relive it. You yeah, know what I mean? Truly like being accosted every every single day yeah. by my own memories. Um, yeah. So I, I was in neck deep on, on MySpace. Loved that. Loved feeling like a coder when I was 13 years old. Yeah, right, right. I never did Tumblr. I never did. However, it was definitely wow. brought to my attention that that is a place I could go to find like just naked pictures of people. <laughs> I would use Tumblr to um, investigate my sexual awakening is how I'll put it. It's beautiful. Um, it was – that was the stop to go to. And I feel like back then it was kind of what Twitter is today in, in, in um, terms of just humor. Like some people would just have like some cynical, sarcastic humor in their posts and it would just make me laugh. Again, I think I was too young to be on Tumblr, but you know, (laughs) whatever. No, yes, correct. You, you definitely were. Um, Um, we talked about MySpace, which we'll talk more about that in the bad because there was a lot of bad with MySpace as well. I had Facebook was interesting because that was like the transition, right? We, we left MySpace 
went to Facebook. And honestly, for me, I was like, why? Yeah. Like, this is supposed to be better? Yeah. Well, Facebook was supposed to start as, like, what LinkedIn is is today. LinkedIn. Like, it was it was for college kids. And you had to be, like, approved to be on it. And that was way before um, my time. But our friend Jess, she talks to me about it all the time. How, like, when she was an undergrad, like, that is what, you know, Facebook was. Right. And to think of what it is today. I don't even remember when I got on Facebook, to be honest with you. I, I have literally no recollection. I feel like I just appeared on Facebook. It <laughs> probably It probably because it was – what? It probably was because of our gang that I had to get on there because of all the events and whatnot. But I think mine, out of all of the um, social media platforms today, is TikTok. And I know that you refuse to go on TikTok, but I am learning as I get older that I'm a visual person. I'm a visual learner. I'm a visual understander. I need like the visual to go with it. So for me, it's like some of these TikToks are so funny and some I can't even talk about because I will burst into an ugly laugh just thinking about them and you know which one I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but it's just, again, I just feel like it's such a place of community but it's also i would say when we talk about the bad probably the most dangerous one out there i would say I would even agree. more even more dangerous than instagram and we can I talk about that especially because we are now in this era of everybody saying so i learned this thing on tiktok and i'm like oh especially when it's <laughs> mental health related there are people that are yeah. quite literally famous on tiktok who have literally not a single credential to their name that are giving mental health advice as though they are a mental health professional and people are listening to it it is so dangerous i can't even express it to you but i, I feel the same not to cut you off, but I feel the same way about um, doc, like people giving medical information, particularly towards women and their periods. Like, unless you are an MD, like we need to just not tell people to get off birth control because some people could bleed to death. And, and again, if you want to get off birth control, like live everyone's dreams. But we should all be consulting an actual MD, not a 15 to 30 second video that you saw on TikTok. Because what works for one may not work for all, you know? Correct. And again one of those beautiful spaces where so many suggestions and ideas I book TikTok is is great I have so many book suggestions but I mean like let's be real like a lot of the the cult books that are like super popular in there just like aren't that good um but that's why it's funny because people like lose their shit over things that are like subpar just because it was on TikTok and someone told them to read it it's very funny you're correct. I refuse to download it because I know myself and I know mm -hmm. that I am just absolutely subject to the dopamine trigger scrolling fucking nightmare and I will never yeah. get out of it because you're right. They're hysterical. When you send me ones that you know are going to make me – I literally just cry. I cry laughing but I can't. Yeah. I can't do it all day long. I've gotten better. I think during the winter I – it was dark because I would just sit there and scroll I've gotten better with it. Um, I will say that the book that you read, I think it was the Five, Nine, Twenty Five Wives of Evelyn Hugo. I don't know what that <laughs> book is called. But that that one is appearing on my feet a lot. Everyone is now reading it. And it's like The Seven Husbands a, of Evelyn Hugo. Oh, yeah. It's a fantastic book. And actually, yeah. while we're on the topic, all books that Taylor Jenkins read writes are phenomenal. Um, but yeah, it's just it's something that I I cannot allow myself to go there. However, I do fall into the trap of watching all of the TikToks once they make their way to Instagram 
So yeah. basically, I'm just fooling for, myself. So for our listeners, this is why I don't understand why Marlena won't just get a TikTok and set an app limit because she'll send me things on Instagram. And I'm like, yeah, that's so funny. I saw that a month ago. And she'll be like, shut <laughs> up. I'm never getting TikTok. And I'm like, I got it. I want to say one more thing about Time Hop before we move on to the bad of social media. I had to delete it because the cringy Facebook posts that I would make from like middle school and early high school, I just, I can't. I have mm-hmm. accepted that is a part of me, but I like the shade and like the sub tweeting is what we call it, oh but on Facebook. God, like, the sub tweeting. I was a big signature person on my iPhone. As, as we all know, people used to make fun of me for it all the time. But, like, I had to get rid of it because I was, like, I feel like at college I just, like, shed skin. And it was just, like, <laughs> a new a new person. You know what I mean? I just can't. Yeah. No, I, I really um, – it was reminding me of – just like the saddest times of my life like, yeah really, like, like horrible things horrible like periods of relationships that i had i was like my goodness we're just you know forward trajectory babe no looking back yeah all right should we move on to the bad yes there's a lot yeah. to unpack there i rewatched the social dilemma before doing this um and i wish i could say that it is going to change the way i use social media it's not but it <laughs> terrified me um, now I'm just judging myself for how I use social yeah. media. And I'm thinking about And I'm more aware of it now. Like, I was actually scrolling through Facebook yesterday. I don't know if you've heard that um, Jeanette McCurdy released a really scathing memoir. Yeah, I literally uh, cannot wait to devour that. Yeah. So we'll, maybe we'll talk about that in our hot topics for the next episode. Absolutely. But I started realizing that I clicked on one. I think it was like People or like Us Weekly. I clicked on one Facebook link about it. And when I tell you that my social media literally then exploded with various publications of ads about how she went after Miranda or not Miranda Cosgrove, Ariana Grande or this one or that one. And I was and then she talked about I was like, wow, wow. But yeah, I think the best line from the social dilemma that really encapsulates why social media is so problematic is that if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. And I'll say it one more time. If you're not paying for the product. You are the product. So we're not paying for Facebook or Twitter, Instagram. But what's happening is, is they are gathering all of our data. And when I mean data, I mean location, interests, when you're scrolling, how long you're scrolling, when you stop scrolling, what you stop scrolling on, how long you stop scrolling on it, right? And then they sell this information to all other ad agencies and, you know, marketing people. Because the goal is to change our behavior little by little, day by day, to change our behavior to buy these products. And that's what it's come down to. And it's horrifying. But, you know, it is horrifying. And they do a a, a spectacular job at it. Because everybody makes jokes about how the FBI is listening to them. And that's why all of these very curated ads appear on our feeds and timelines and everything. And they nail it every time. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I'm just thinking about something. Obviously, I needed to either have spoken about it, Googled <laughs> it, something, or yeah, someone. Yeah. That, that's the scary thing, though. Somebody in my vicinity could also have Googled it, and now it's going to show up on my phone because we were on either the same Wi-Fi or the same fucking tower. I don't know. It's terrifying. It is so yeah. targeted, and every time they nail me, I'm like, ooh, yeah. this looks interesting. What is this? How much does this cost? Do I need this? At least I have the wherewithal to like pause and not just buy impulsively because that's how it used to be. But yeah, it's it's too much. 
It is a yeah. direct hit every time. And we talked about how it impacts our mental illness. And they spoke about this in the documentary as well, that, you know, humans are built for connection. We are people that love connection. We actually biologically need connection. But what social media is providing at this point is almost an overload of connection. It's constant. It's never ending. And it's almost giving us an overload of dopamine. And then when we don't have it, that's what's creating the addiction to it is because we've now been so used to posting and getting likes and comments and all of these different things. And when it's not there, we're like, oh, my God, what is my worth? Because no one through this glass is, you know, <laughs> giving me praise and love. And it's I exactly. fall prey. I fall prey to it as well. Um, everyone, I feel like, falls prey to it. And I have absolutely yeah. no shame in admitting that I have 100% deleted a photograph that I did not think had enough likes. Oh, yeah. Like, 100%. It, one, it is just a thing. And honestly, it's why I've stopped posting on my feed. I very, very rarely post actually on my feed. I post more on my story, which I think, again, that's, that's the new thing is now we're trying to move towards reels on Instagram so that we're more like TikTok, right? So yeah. It actually kind of created an out for me. So that way I didn't have to keep measuring my worth based off of how many people said I was pretty. Yeah. I used to send a photo to probably at least, I would call it a focus group. I literally had a group chat of maybe five to six people that I would just send a photo to. And we would have a whole discussion on, <laughs> is this postable? What are, what's the caption? What are this? What is that? I would have, you know, right. and I would edit. Should this I be edited? Should I make my yeah. teeth whiter? Should I yeah. Yes. I used to edit my photos. Now these days I will say I only whiten my teeth. Um, but I used to do a lot more editing on photos and I had to stop myself and be like, wh like what? Because Why? we for you know? we forget that social media and it's to me this is such like and you're the mental health expert, so you can chime in if I'm wrong, but I feel like it is so clearly an addiction, right? Because it's so hard when you're in the moment to say and feel everything we're talking about right now. But on the outside, we're like, oh my God, it's awful. But I will bet your money that, you know, a month, two months, when I go to post again, Marlena, you'll get a picture from me being like, what do we think about this? Right? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. No, and you're yeah. correct. Especially, I think that social media is actually one of the most dangerous because we're not registering that every time we refresh that page, right, the drag, and then it, it refreshes, and now we have a whole new thing to scroll down in, indefinitely. Web pages used to end. Now yeah. it scrolls indefinitely, hit after hit after hit yep. of dopamine. It's insane. We are not meant to have that much dopamine being released into our ple our pleasure centers because then like you're saying the crash is hard and then it makes it even more difficult to achieve feelings of happiness when we are constantly being flooded by that chemical right so yeah. yes it is dangerous and people don't realize that it's like it's literally like when you go to ac and you hit the jackpot and the lights flash and you know we're we're they're playing a song and something's leprechauns dancing on a screen in front of you that is social media all the time Every like, every comment, every, you know, swipe is the same. Lighting yeah. up like a Christmas tree. It's so funny that you said the slot machines because they actually, they spoke about that exact example in this documentary, that that is what it's like. It's like going yes. to Vegas and it's like pulling the slot machine. Yep. And the thing about this, it's not just people that have used social media and that are reformed. I don't want to use the word reformed, but you know what I mean? I've pulled back. Like these are people in Silicon Valley who work in the industry, who are at the ground level of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Gmail, all of these companies have since left. Like these, some guy created Gmail. The one guy created the like button. And he was like, when we created the like button, and again, 
disclaimer, I don't know the truth. Like this, I'm sure is a one-sided view of this documentary. I'm sure they were all complicit in, you know, numerous things throughout the years. But, you know, he said when we created the like button, it was to spread more joy and happiness. Never in a million years would we think that people were going to start um, conflating their worth with the amount of likes that they got on a photo, you know? Um, and it's interesting to me because they would have people be like, oh, yeah, this man created the the growth, not theory, but the growth. Um, what's what I'm looking for? Growth. Um, not algorithm, but um, plan, I guess, the mm -hmm. growth plan. And then they would flash, you know, five, six, seven years. Now he's sitting in an interview being like, it's awful. It's the worst, most inhumane thing. I'm like, but you created this. One of the guys was like, I had to create my own code and software to break my habit from Reddit. So if a you know Reddit. This is just, it's You just like, unlocked a core memory. <laughs> right? Like how are common folk like us supposed to do this if these tech gurus literally have to build a new code to break their own <laughs> habits and cycles. It's like insane to me. It's, it's absolutely sick. insane. It's sick. And it is literally the heart of kind of the, the dangerousness that we don't have the forethought when we mm -hmm. create programs, when we create different forms of social media, when we create different platforms, I just feel like we we are lacking the forethought of what it could potentially turn into and how these things that we think are so helpful or so convenient can really end up causing a problem. Yeah. And it's crazy because going back to what you said about the slot machines, they said it too that, you know, I think 2 billion people use social media, right? And there's about 50 middle-aged, you know, men in California that are changing the way that we think and behave, giving us thoughts and feelings that we never would have had before because of these things, because of notifications, because of, you know, ads and all these different things. It's, it's crazy. What they said is, and I said this before about, you know, where the product, the product is the gradual, slight, imperceptible change in your own behavior and perception, right? So if they give me enough ads for an air fryer, I might not buy it day one, but if I keep seeing the ads and I keep seeing someone using it and I keep saying, oh, my God, they can make Asian salmon and crunchy Parmesan chicken in it. Oh, my God, look <laughs> at this. Right. I'm going to buy it. And it worked. I have a Ninja Air Fry oven now. Like that is literally like from start to end. That is the goal. And it's sickening. Absolutely sickening. Yeah. No, you're right. It absolutely is. Uh, I also think I, I think for me, it's the comparison that makes it just the whole mm. of, of evil. Um because they're, again, scroll function, an indefinite number of people, places, situations for me to covet, right? You know, that this person's body, that person's style, this person's haircut, that person's dream vacation, this person's perfect wedding, and that person's immaculate life, all within five minutes. It's exhausting. Yeah. And it's not yeah. real. All of it is bullshit. Everything that I post on social media looks perfect, right? Yeah. Right? It looks like I have my shit together. It looks like I have, you know, nice clothes. I have this, I have that. It's bullshit. Yeah. And that's, I, I would digress before, but I was going to say that like everything is curated. We forget that. We only see on social media what people want us to see, right? Highlights. So the 25 vacations that they take, right? The perfect summer body that's probably edited. The, the, like all of, we don't know what happens behind closed doors. We don't know that they could be desperately insecure or going through 
crazy family turmoil, right? We just don't know. So we put so much stock in these posts and these things that are just, it's not, it's not real. And I want to give some stats from this uh, documentary, particularly about preteen and teenage girls. Okay. Mm. So they did a study starting in the the top of the, uh, I guess it's called the millennium. So 2000. And they looked at it um, up until 2009, 2010, when social media really took off, like before and after. So the number, not that we ever want young children hurting themselves, but the the number for self-harm in young girls was stable prior to 2009, okay? Post-2009, those girls who were admitted to the hospital for cutting, it was up 62% for older teen girls and 189% for the preteen girls. Wow. What? And then yeah, what a vulnerable population. Right? Older teen girls suicide rates were up 70% since the first decade and preteens were up 151%. And it goes back to what you're saying, right? They're seeing all of these women on TikTok, on Instagram, on Twitter, right? And again, I love the Kardashians and we can talk about them forever, but this is something that I will side with the opposing side on. Those women are some of the richest women in the world. And that's incredible. I love them. And guess what, women? Go get your nose job. Go get your liposuction. Go get your four hours of training a week. I don't care what you do. If I had the money, I would look like a totally different human. And I would say that. But I wouldn't lie about it, right? I wouldn't put it out there that, oh, my God, if you work out and if you use my products and you use this and that, you're going to look like this. Because it's just it's misleading. not. Yeah. Yeah, and again, it's purposefully misleading. And I'm not, I'm not coming after anyone's looks. I love Khloe Kardashian. She literally probably is one of my favorite of them. But you look like a completely different human being. And I'm so happy that you're more confident and you're more Absolutely. happy in that look and you're, and you're Absolutely. great. But you're misleading a lot of women who follow you. And it's not just the Kardashians. I don't think that it's, it's just their fault. No, but it's, of course it's, not. They're a, they're, they're a an product. example. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're a product of a you know society I mean? that tells us that exactly. we need to change. Um, yeah. So, you know, yes, they're just a symptom of that. But they also are some of the people where whether they are releasing the information or people are releasing the information about them, my social media is constantly flooded with things that they do that are absolutely terrifying. Like Kim mm-hmm. starving herself to fit into that Marilyn Monroe dress that she shouldn't have been wearing to begin with, in my humble opinion. And that is written everywhere. And yeah. young girls are saying, well, if Kimmy does it, I can just starve myself into my prom dress. Yeah. And what they forget is, and again, I'm not ever promoting that we should be starving ourselves, but what they forget is that Kim Kardashian has a team of at least 10 that is guiding her through that process. No one is going to actually let her do something for herself that is unhealthy, right? Or that is, um, I don't want to say bad for her, but my, my point is, is that like, it's not as easy as just starving yourself because we, A, we shouldn't be starving ourselves, but B, it's not just as easy as, oh, if I only eat chicken and rice for a week, like Kim did, I'll be able to fit in this fucking dress because there's just more for her. There's so much more at play than that, than just that. So like you said, it's just misleading and it's just, um, yeah, it um is. it's just straight up dangerous. And I mean. Again, I I think that this is entirely up to parents as well to make sure that we are monitoring what kids of a certain age are able to see, how often they are able to use different apps or their phone in all. Uh, But it is really like absolutely terrifying, the the bullying 
that mm-hmm. happens because we I know we've talked about this that there used to be a separation right you would go to school maybe you would get bullied there but then you would come home and there would be some distance from this space yeah there would be a separation you would have a reprieve and some relief and some safety in your own home and now that is gone if you are on social media yeah and that has been the case literally since its inception because i remember we're talking about myspace right we're talking about the negatives of myspace they would have um what were they called surveys do you remember how you could fill out surveys and like post them to the time? I it, I don't know what it was called. Was yeah. it called the timeline on on MySpace? Yeah, I think it was and just called would, their page. Yeah, on your right. Like, yeah, yeah. And you would fill it out with like shady answers, and then people would read it, and they would be like, "Well, is she talking about me?" And yes, I was talking about you. Oh right? my god, people you just unlocked them. They were long, right? right? They were long. like long surveys. What's your favorite food? Where's your yeah. dream vacation? Who's your crush? And yeah. it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Also, ranking our friends like our top friends and like it wasn't based on interaction like you put people in first second third place yeah that was caused many issues in my life catastrophic yeah and going back to what you said about the algorithm like yeah it is all an algorithm everything that we see everything that pops up on our feed that we interact with is all based on an algorithm and they talked about it too that you know you're in a fight with this algorithm that knows everything about you. It's essentially anticipating your next moves and it knows what you're thinking before even you do. And you know nothing about it. And what's even scarier is that it's machine learning. So it's one algorithm that they have set over time to just get better better and better and better and better and better. Yeah, it's terrible. And they talk about like, you know, when is AI going to take over the world and take our jobs and, you know, all of this different stuff. And they said it's not really about that. That's like when technology takes over human strengths, which I think that we are a little bit away from that. It's coming, but we're a little bit away. But they <laughs> Maybe said what not it, in our lifetime. What's happening now is that it, it has already overtaken, overtaken, I should say, our weaknesses, right? That's yes. what's causing the divisiveness, the polarization, the lack of self-esteem, the the immense mental health issues. It's taking over, you know, yeah. It's just exploiting all, them, actually. It's yeah. exploiting human weaknesses. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is terrifying too. I feel like the last thing we should talk about before we go on to our mental health things in terms of bad is how quickly information we talked about could spread on social media, but how also fake information can spread. Right. And MTI did a study sh- showing that fake news on Twitter spreads six, I'll say that again, six times faster than true news. Fake wow. news spreads six times faster faster and it's this larger conversation of like what do we do right because we have free literally speech, how do we combat that right and if if the corporations step in and do something on their own it's infringement it's of free speech yeah. right it's censorship so we need legislation right but then when is that legislation you know uh whatchamacallit censorship or not and there's a whole other documentary about facebook specifically and about the 2016 election and like how a lot of these companies you know they'll take down some stuff to show look at us we're being great but a lot of times they'll be like oh how could we possibly know that this is fake because they're making money off of it right exactly and to the point where like if we're in new jersey and we go on google and we say climate change is it will probably start to fill in with like real human issues the fault of humans x y and z right let's check if you're in a different part of the country it may say climate change is fake, a hoax, 
the Democrats fall, right? It changes based on your location, which is sick because we should all be getting the same baseline true information. You know what I mean? So the top results when I I do that is climate change is likely the result of climate change is real. Climate change is not important. Climate change is the greatest threat is the top. And I don't mean to like group, but traditionally Republicans don't really care about climate change as much as Democrats do. So if you were to go to a really deep red state like Kentucky, maybe, or like, you know, Indiana or something and Googled it there, I'm sure you would get a very, very, very different outcome, you know? Right. Yeah. All right, Marlena, should we move on to our mental health moment for this episode? Let's do it. What have we so done? this is this is another question from our Instagram followers, our loyal, loyal followers. <laughs> and they wanted to know, how do you get out of an all or nothing mindset? Which between us, we know that this is something that I struggle with <laughs> very, very much. <laughs> um, but yeah. So what would you say on a broad scale of like how what's the first step mm-hmm. to get out of this all or nothing mindset? Yeah, that's a great question. So thank you to whoever submitted that. Um, So all or nothing thinking is a cognitive distortion, which is essentially a a faulty thinking pattern, let's call it that, Mm -hmm. because it makes us more prone to negative thinking, to jump into conclusions, to like it says in the name, kind of polarizing our options here. So there's like eight of 10 of them, right? Cognitive distortions? Like, Oh, there's even more. There's so many cognitive distortions. It's part of CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, which is like a really popular modality that a lot of therapists use. It is essentially describing the connection between our thoughts triggering different emotions and then those emotions cause us to behave in a certain way. Of course, it makes logical sense, right? And then these distortions color the way we see the world. When I'm explaining them to clients, I always talk about them like sunglasses because they they do. They mm. color the way that we view ourselves, the way we view relationships, and the way we view the world and the way that yeah. we process an intake of information and data. So all or nothing thinking is exactly what it sounds like. Things are either all good or all bad, all right or all wrong. So that means that we are ignoring information to the contrary and we're ignoring things that might be ambiguous. The fact that the world is pretty gray. It's never or, it's and. Things are this and that, right? So in order to move from the or to the and, which I think is the power there, start by just recognizing it. Because it might be with the language of right or wrong, right? Like this is all right or all wrong, all good or all bad, or it could be sneaky. This is responsible or irresponsible. This is attractive or unattractive, right? So it could come in so many different forms. I can give off the top of my head at least five ways within 30 seconds how I do this every day. But yeah, (laughs) I feel like it's prevalent in everyone's life, even if you don't think about it. And hopefully this gets you to start thinking about it. Like 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah. My favorite example that I use is is uh, like a work review, right? Mm-hmm. So I go in, mm-hmm. my boss is like, you're fantastic. We love having you on the team. You are bright. You contribute. It's just that you're a little late sometimes. If we could just make sure that you're here five to 10 minutes earlier, that would be so great. And I go home and I absolutely destroyed because I just heard a completely negative review. When really yeah. it was a wonderful review with a bit of constructive criticism tacked onto the end. People with depression and anxiety have a really hard time differentiating those things. Oh, yeah. Personality disorders and all of these other things. So, the first part truly is just recognizing it. If we're using words like always or never or should or shouldn't, we probably are making statements that are too grand, too broad. We need to narrow it down a little bit. Like, for example, I'm just going to throw in a personal example. Like, for me, right? It's either I go to the gym and I eat what I consider healthy, 
and I don't really snack, right? And I'm living my dream and I'm drinking my kombucha and I have in my fiber and all that's great. But if one of those things slip for me, right? I don't make it to the gym. I had a, a piece of food that I feel like is not healthy. I am having a bad IBS day, whatever it might be. I don't do all of them. Once one falls, I let all of them fall just so people. Yeah. Right. Because you've assigned meaning to it. Actually, mm-hmm. I was listening to meaningful words throughout that entire sentence. I eat something bad, right? That's assigning a meaning. I do something unhealthy, meaning. We attach yeah. meaning to literally everything. So yeah. just being able to recognize that we have assigned meaning and calling ourselves out on that is literally just the first part, right? Because we're we're pulling ourselves out of that like automatic thought loop, this pattern that has existed potentially for years. I work with clients that have thought the same way about themselves and the world for 50, 60 years. So it is a powerful automatic thought loop that we are trying to break. But when we are able to recognize it and call out the distortion, we are automatically bringing ourselves forward, literally, to the reasoning part of our brain. So starting there. Then being able to kind of get a little bit of perspective there. So if I'm broadening my perspective, I'm seeing that there's more than two options here. I'm seeing that maybe there's three, four, five options, why something went down the way it did, why there are, you know, why it's important to understand a broader perspective of a certain situation. Maybe my assumption about somebody, right? They are either right or wrong. And then they come back and explain to me why they did what they did. I'm like, oh, there's 15 other reasons why this happened, right? So taking the step back, giving yourself a helicopter view, if that means maybe we even need to ask friends or family or a therapist about what a potential other perspective could be, that willingness to see it is all that you need, right? And then once we see it, we reframe it. We just insert some other options. Look at the evidence. What evidence do I have that this is true or not true? And then proceed with potential other options. Yeah. My therapist, Lindsay, shout out, Lindsay, uh, loves the word balance and i i feel like my, at this i have point- a balance <clears throat> tattoo on the back of my arm <laughs> yeah like i feel like at this point she has a game with herself about how many times she can fit the word into the session because i don't get it i just i don't <laughs> um and it's so funny because we'll have a great session and at the end of my session i'll be like okay great so this week i'm going to you know at least work out four times i'm going to really try to be better about what I'm putting into my body, X, Y, and Z. And I'm listing all of these things I'm going to do for the week. And she's like, that's all great, Nick. But I want you to work on today. After this session, just go take a walk. And then tomorrow, focus on tomorrow. And on Thursday, focus on Thursday. And every time I do this, she tells me the same answer. She literally verbatim, that is what we go through. And it's right. Like what you said before, people have thought this way for 50, 60 years. It's like, even when it's right in front of me and people are calling me out and I have a therapist saying, here's the other ways that we could look at this situation and we can handle it. It's still so hard to <laughs> apply it. It's just crazy because our brain is so powerful. Our so... brain is like a little sneak. He's yeah. a little sneaky or she's a little sneaky or they're a little sneaky. However you identify, it is a little sneaky motherfucker is what yeah. it is. It is such a powerful organ. It can convince us of literally anything. Which I think is the beauty of it because then it also can unconvince us of literally anything. But our neural pathways are so deeply ingrained. So when I'm explaining that to clients of, right, we have – our brain always wants to take the path of least resistance. It's going to take it every time. It's going to fly down that hallway until we start thinking another way and creating Mm -hmm. a different path. But that takes – 
what is it, between 19 and 200 times of doing something differently in order to form a pattern, right? That's Depends who insane. you are. I'm exhausted so, just thinking about that. Exactly. And, and so that's, that's why we do it day by day because if we think about it like yeah. that, we're never going to start. Exactly. And the first time I actually ever thought you said neuropathways, I, I ever heard of the thought of like rewiring our brain and like kind of like working yeah. through it was Sophia Bush on uh, Work in Progress. Was she talking about neuroplasticity? Yeah. And she yes. was like, I, she went away to a retreat. Now, granted, it was a retreat that, you know, the common folk will never be able to afford or do. And that's, you know, great. <laughs> it's a beautiful but thing she, for her. Yeah, we love that for her. But she said that that's the first time she learned is that like going back to even early childhood, whether it's trauma, learned behaviors, coping mechanisms, defense mechanisms, whatever it is, it's literally about retraining your brain and re and putting it under construction. I'm yes, like, mm, that's literally. Yeah. So just call yourself out, really recognize yeah. it and then proceed a little bit more effectively. Yeah. All right. Well, this was such a fun episode. We talked about social media. We talked about all or nothing. And I feel like it could, those two things could really tie in as well, because on, oh again, God, on, the, absolutely. on the one hand of being really comparis, uh, comparative and putting it down to our self-detriment, there's a way in social media can definitely motivate us, right? We become envious instead of jealous of someone and it really gets lights a fire under our butt to be, to be better. Um, but then we can fall into that pattern like, oh, my God, if I don't look exactly like they do on the first try, you know, exactly. But exactly. It's next trap. week. Yeah. Next week after popular demand, after our TV shows episode, we are going to be doing an episode on musicals, the ones that me and Marlena have loved, the ones that we've hated, the ones that we've worked <laughs> on and loved, the ones that we worked on and hated and the ones that just, you know, tickle us. Yeah. So I'm so I don't know why excited. I use why do I use that expression? I'm like an 80 year old man. I say like tickle us, tickle our fancy all the time. And I don't know why I say it. But anyway. <laughs> I like it. All right. Well, we hope that you listen to all of our episodes that you follow us on Instagram and you subscribe wherever you get podcasts and be on the lookout on our Instagram because soon we're going to have some more interactive content. We really want to hear from you and we want you guys to get to know us. Um, so, yeah. Take a peek on our Instagram and we will see you soon. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.